You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. So this week we're going to cover the Atomic Mr. Basie. I have Matt, Ben, John, and myself. Hello. Hello. Hi. The Atomic Mr. Basie by jazz pianist, organist, band leader, and composer Count Basie. It was released in 1957 on Roulette Records and produced by Teddy Rigg. The genre is jazz, swing, big band. As the big band era appeared to be losing favor after World War II, Basie disbanded his group. But in 1952, he reformed his 16-piece group with energetic performers and a young arranger, Neil Hefty. The result was an explosive album powered by Eddie Lockjaws Davis, Thad Jones, as well as Basie on piano and a solid rhythm section. The album is considered one of Basie's most famous and critically acclaimed. All right. So what did we think about the Atomic Mr. Basie? Uh, I loved it, and I, I, I like that in the intro you got a little bit of a pun with the explosive group there, which is good. But that's honestly how it hit me, too. You know, as uh, we've been going through these records, one of the things that's kind of struck me was this record, to me, was much more exciting than the Elvis record that we listened to previously and the Buddy Holly record that we listened to previously. And those seemed like revelations at the time when you're comparing them to, like, Sinatra and the Crooners and some slower jazz records. Yeah. This thing like just jumped out and was like, oh, this is way cooler. You know, no disrespect to Buddy Holly or Elvis, but particularly those records just kind of seemed static. And and this thing was full of life and it sounded amazing and the arrangements were great. So this has definitely been one of my favorites that we've listened to so far. How does it rank with you with the uh, the live Duke Ellington one? The Duke Ellington was uh, also one of my favorites that we heard because the thing with Duke Ellington, my exposure was pretty limited. And I I think most of the Duke Ellington that I knew was kind of later in life when he was kind of paired up with like Ella Fitzgerald and things like that, doing more standardy kind of stuff. So the Duke Ellington was great, too. I know I wasn't on that episode, but uh, that also kind of stood out for me. And it was one of those things where you kind of know a little bit about, you know, if you're not a big jazz head, there's some main jazz people that if you're in music, you've heard a few things. And for me, Duke was one of those things where that album, it really grabbed me. And and I know that this is a future one, but uh, the Miles Davis record was like that too, because all, all the Miles stuff I knew was his later period experimental yeah. free jazz shit. And then to hear Birth of the Cool in its entirety and yeah. hear those tight arrangements. Yeah. And it was just, it gives a whole new spectrum on it. I mean, we're getting way off of the bassy record. I'm sorry. But off the, the bassy bass? Oh, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> Let's return to bass. Uh, no, I, and so it, that's been the cool thing. And Count Basie, I think I probably heard, had heard one or two songs from him over the years of, that are original. You hear like covers of yeah. his stuff. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, to me, this has been one of the standout records so yeah, far. Yeah, he's he's the the old traditional jazz. He's yeah. the old old swing. And to hear this record, I mean, this is I found this record about ten years ago, and I was blown away by the energy and just like vibrance of mm -hmm. everything. And from the get go, I, I wrote literally blasts off, uh, and that piano is just like yes. hopping, yeah. like mm -hmm. straight straight away. Uh, there's no frills, there's no nothing. It's just like got you in the moment. Yeah, and also it has a song called Splanky, <laughs> which is just fun to say. And for like a big band swing style record to that comes out in 1957, it sounds surprisingly fresh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't sound like, you know, like a style of music that's been worked with for going on two decades at that point. Yeah. Uh, it sounds fresh, sharp, like forward thinking. I, I enjoyed listening to it. And you're saying that 60 years later, too, is a thing to think about. That totally. still, yeah. It yeah. still sounds amazing. Yeah. And so unlike the previous albums that we've listened to, I feel like this one is not, um, you know, perhaps a bunch of singles put together. This is meant to be listened to as an album. Sure. And I feel like sure. whoever decided the, the track arrangement was really sharp in putting, you know, Kid from Red Bank first, because you said, like, exactly, yeah. explosive right out the gate. Yeah. You know, you're you're getting huge sound you know when he later moves into some of the slower tracks like um uh, after supper mm -hmm. you know but you know immediately he lets you know that this is going to be an exciting album yeah after supper is a good one to kind of reference to because it is the sort of maybe the the key sort of slower meditative and it's almost like a halftime breather mm -hmm. for the record which is so cool too that i uh, i do have to say though the vocal version of the late show is one of the least favorite things that i've listened to since we started doing this <laughs> Um, and it feels like it was just a tacked on thing. I don't know the history well, of this. It should be noted that's a bonus track. That's I know, that is a bonus track, track. Yeah. right. I'm sorry, listeners. I'm sorry, guys. I'll just leave. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't know the rules. <laughs> We're just doing the, the original. Oh, episode. okay. Well, you can just delete that. Then. <laughs> yeah. No, no 94 release. Oh, <laughs> okay. You guys, but I mean, I did love the Count Basie set uh, at uh, Woodstock 99. I thought they were great. <laughs> <laughs> and they did nothing but the Late Late Show. So uh, live, the vocal version was better. Batman, when Fred, like Fred Batman. Durst did it. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> Also wrote like a 1930s swing band on steroids and Kush weed. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Because he puts a little bebop, like they got that bebop. It's mm -hmm. it's fresh. He he's he is bringing something that he is known for, and he's been doing for years and years. He's good at it, but he brings in all these players, and they all you know are killing it with with a fresh arrangement. Well, let me ask you, because you seem to be more familiar with his overall work than maybe I know that I am and maybe the rest of us too. H how did the arrangements differ? Because I mean, you talked about he took this break, he broke up the band, and then he came back with this new uh, version of his band. Like, right. What's different in the arrangements from what he had been doing and what he did with this record? There's more, there's more, the the sort of bebop mm -hmm. 
improvising there. Okay. So with with a lockjaw mm -hmm. Davis, he 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 bounces around right. more than a traditional like swing. I mean, imagine the old like seventy eights and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, that is that is. So it's a less controlled melody line. It's more of a, a out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it bounce it, it it toys with with that bebop mm -hmm. mentality. Yeah. It, it kind of infuses that into an already pre-existing, you know, swing right. genre, well, so. I had noticed the the bebop influence plus, of the way that they- Plus, it's faster. It like, is a lot faster, like It is yeah. boom, 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 boom. And I know swing is fast, but this is- Yeah, it's this is out like there. race speed. Uh, the thing that I noticed was sort of like a, a more of a bebop free jazz uh, influence was the sort of the chordal uh, quality that they would do on a bunch of the songs where it sounded like maybe an alto sax or tenor sax with another reed instrument, possibly another yeah. saxophone or a clarinet. clarinet. Yeah. And they're doing like a, they're, they're doing a harmony through those bop pieces. So you get this chord, you yeah. get this chord that's moving around. That's very kind of sharp and angular sounding, yeah. which you don't ever hear in swing. Yeah. You know? And so that was the thing that sort of grabbed me particularly right out of the gate on the first track too. Yeah. So, right. Is that, is I, I couldn't exactly identify what the sound was on songs like duet. Is it too, Trumpets playing the same but slightly like one note off from each other to make I mean it sounds like a wall of sound coming out of the horns yeah, when it's I not mean, there's, there's a but he has a sixteen piece band so right so yeah it literally is a <laughs> wall helps. sound yeah, yeah. exactly and I believe the sound is sixteen people <laughs> that was when he reformed too because I think I I read that he had twelve brass oh wow okay so yeah it's yeah uh, yeah there's a lot of duets and there's a lot of harmonies going mm -hmm. on. Big bands are cool. Now they're really big bands. Oh, now I get it. Yeah, that's where it gets this name from. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I don't know. This is not particularly just to the album, but it is to the artists. Like, um, what country was he a count of? Was he from Transylvania? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Same one that Duke Ellington was. The Duke. <laughs> well, no. Uh, <laughs> isn't that Duke Ellington's really his name though? Isn't it? Wasn't his name Duke? Is it? I think so. Oh, yeah. Wow, yeah. No, it's the yeah. same. They're, they're Habsburgs. John Wayne. <laughs> it's the same line. Habsburg? Yeah. Okay. John Wayne <laughs> Ellington. A.K.A. <laughs> the Duke. A.K.A. the Duke. Ellington. Edward Kennedy Ellington. Edward Ellington. Oh. Okay. Well, yeah. what's AKA Count Basie's Duke. name? Yeah. William James Basie. Okay. Oh. Huh. Did he ever wear a cloak or <laughs> ride in a carriage? Uh, how did he was, become... he was his assassination the start of World War One? Yeah, uh, that's Archduke. Oh, okay, sorry. Arch there's Archduke. Yeah, there's Duke Ellington and then there's Archduke Ellington. Yeah. <laughs> Archduke Ellington was not a particularly prolific musician, but he uh, was the uh, Archduke of Montenegro. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Maybe Count uh, Basie changed his name to Count. Do you want to hear? After he became oh yeah, let's find out. Let's let's find out how he became the Count. Yeah. The, the Barons of Rhythm were regulars <laughs> at the Reno Club and often performed for a live radio broadcast. During a performance, the announcer wanted to give Basie's name some style, so he called him Count. Ah, because he couldn't be a Baron because the no. Barons are already set and the Duke's done. Yeah. yeah. So you got Viscount. I mean, Count's just easier to say than Viscount. Little did Basie know, this touch of royalty would give him proper status and position. With the likes of Duke Ellington and Earl Hines. Oh, wait, so wait Earl, Earl Hines, not just the Earl. Earl. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, he kind of missed out on that. Yeah. <laughs> that was not as effective. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, the, the nice thing is this tradition still continues today, though. Uh, I think most notably with John Mayer. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> a lesser title for a lesser music. <laughs> Duke of Earl, the song Duke of Earl was about Duke Ellington and the Earl. Stevie Wonder's song Sir Duke was originally Sir Marmaduke and it was about a dog. And uh, then he changed it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and Birch has left the building. <laughs> Going off the rails. All right. <laughs> Sorry to pull us back on track. No, no, that's good. Uh, so Neil Hefty, the arranger, mm -hmm. this I read was his first work in the jazz, or his last work in the jazz realm. He still had notable contributions to music history, though. He arranged the theme to The Odd Couple and to Batman. Nice. Oh. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people call this Count Basie's last great album. Mm-hmm. Which, um, might how be. did Count Basie feel about that? <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they said it after he was dead. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so it wasn't anywhere near his last album. No, no, but he did um, slow down, um, and he did a lot of uh, movies. He kind mm -hmm. of transferred to Hollywood and yeah. you know, sort of was a uh, elder statesman. Elder statesman, as, yeah. as you will. Have. Jazz. Did he do movies in a similar way that Cab Calloway did, where he kind of just became sort of this representative of I, this I genre of music and film? Yes. You know, this kind of a character that he would play? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Which makes sense. But to me, it's so rewarding for this album because it's it's kind of like one of those things where I've been doing this for years. There's a lot of hot, you know, new jazz, doing bebop, hard bop. We're going to talk about next mm -hmm. next episode. And he comes back with a big band, and he's you know, kind of saying, "I still got it. Yeah, you know, this is I still got the goods." <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's 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 like Eminem. Sorry, yeah, he's like Eminem, just yeah. showing up on YouTube occasionally, I'm like, "Hey, I'm still here, that, guys." Uh, <laughs> Mr. His, Show. Uh, <laughs> got the goods. Yeah, pretty, Dwight Eisenhower diss track is pretty pretty rugged. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> I don't know if that's even correct time-wise, but <laughs> somewhere in there. <laughs> it works. Yeah. It works. Yeah. Uh, so how do we feel about this in the scope of things? Is this a classic album? Is it still cool? Adam, Adam kind of pointed out last time that he goes by 
do I still listen? Would I still listen to this? And do I think it's? Um... I think having just really discovered it, I, I definitely plan on listening to it. You know, as we the, as we move through these one thousand and one records, yeah. um, there's some of them that I'm like I'm glad that I'm listening to them. Yeah. But I'm probably never going to listen to it again. Yeah. But this is definitely one that's going to I think is maybe not constant rotation, but I'm definitely going to keep it. You know, throw it on sometimes. I mean, yeah. to me, it's a classic. I think so, and I think for the reasons that we've kind of talked about too, and the fact that it was. It's almost a record out of time. Like Big Band was supposed to be dead. Yeah. And then he comes back and marries it just I mean, he doesn't do that much to the formula. He just adds a little bit to it with yeah. the, you know, kind of what's happening in jazz at the time and just shows all these young kids, you know, what the fuck is up. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I mean to me that that makes it a classic, you know? Yeah, I think so too. I think that's I mean Yeah, his piano work is really bright, really crisp, mm-hmm. speedy and effective, yeah. you know, just I don't know. It's yeah. not, I would listen to it. Of, of all of the jazz <clears throat> records we have reviewed to date, this is my favorite. Oh, cool. Hmm. I'm definitely glad. Like I wasn't familiar with it before this project. I'm definitely glad I've heard it. Uh, I'm definitely going to you know keep it in my back pocket. Uh, I like. I don't know if I'll listen to it all the time. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely glad I know it. And there's. Uh, I have a few like singular singular song takeaways that uh, yeah. I'll definitely be revisiting. Uh, my favorite song on it was the last one, "Little Darling," uh, and also that first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they definitely composed the album well. They tracked yeah. it well. Yeah. Whoever was you know in charge of that. Yeah, for me, total win on this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's great. It's just great. So am I the only one that's really into Splanky? Yeah, tell, tell us a little bit about Splanky. What, what does Splanky mean to you? Well, I, I was really digging it, and then I looked at the track, because I was just listening to it as an album. I wasn't really listening, looking yeah, yeah, like yeah. track to track, and I was like, oh, I really like this. And then I saw the name, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just, I mean, it's everything you need to know, right? Splanky? Splanky, it's track nine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Splanky. Splanky. You want to put on a little bit of Splanky, just yeah. to give, it, give it a taste? Yeah, let's do it. No, I think Splanky is probably, if I was a guest, it started with Swanky, Yeah. but they put a little spin on it. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, it's a spin, spin. on swanky. Yeah, yeah. Urban Split Dictionary, like a little swing. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Urban Dictionary defines it as cool, fresh, chill, fun, funky, and extra fly. There you go. So uh, yeah. it's probably uh, it would probably so. was slang at the time. Yeah. So yeah, very cool. It is extra fly. It is extra, extra fly. fly. Yeah. So. Aptly named. Yeah. Good deal. Anything else about Count Basie? <laughs> nope. Nope. He's the count. <laughs> Only one, one I know of. One classic record. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you had no, already mentioned his piano playing is. I mean, it's it's got kind of that same. Just it's tighter than that fat, fat style now. Absolutely, sure. and the Jeez. recording. Whoever Quality, recorded it, yeah. the, whoever they did the sound engineering on the piano on this versus the fat domino. Yeah, it's it's very very i don't know how to describe it other than just crisp yeah like no it, it sounds like a modern re- record i mean yeah. that it just jumps that all everything is super clear all the parts are clear like that's another thing that's amazing about this record is how that's another thing that helps with being timeless i mean there's something cool about old records that sound like old records yeah in the way that you have different recording techniques at different times yeah that adds a lot of quality to certain things but for a 16-piece jazz band to be able to hear like every single instrument in there yeah with these arrangements. I mean, you hear it on other like really well-recorded jazz records of the time, but yeah, I mean that, that fat Domino records a perfect example of almost the exact opposite Yeah. where I think they just had one mic in the room, yeah. you know? So very cool. Yeah. Uh, he did go on the, the following year to do at Newport, 
was a the Count, live B, one? Count Basie at Newport. Yeah. Like, oh, he's just album. showing Duke up, huh? Well, I was I was thinking about that, and I was like, he probably saw that Duke was so successful, and mm-hmm. said, mm-hmm. "Let's let's do the same thing." Yeah. Might as well. He was hot with uh, the Atomic Mr. Basie. Yeah. Were they were they friendly or were they rivals? Do you think? Hmm. I don't know. Like politically, as a count and a and a duke, <laughs> yeah. well, I don't know which one outranks the other. Uh, I don't even know, like technically, what those words describe. Well, let's look them up. They're, I think they're, they're titles. They're, they're, they're just in, titles yeah. given to you by uh, higher up royalty, right? Um, yeah. Um, let's see. Like, do you need to? Do you need uh, to have a castle? Oh, it's in the peerage systems. Yeah, let's see here. So it goes. Let's okay. Go Starting in descending order, so at the top going down, okay. you've got Duke. Duke is at the top. Wow. Oh, then yeah. you have uh, Marquess, or Marquis, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have the Earl. Okay. Then you have the Viscount. Then you have the Baron. So, sounds like Duke is like, I'm just going to take the top. I'm just yeah. I'm done. I'm not going to mess around with these middle. Yeah. There's no, I mean, I don't know how much jazz there's. I mean, there's tons of jazz, but I don't know any Marquis mm-hmm. out there. So, I mean, but there's like a, isn't there a... Marquis Mark? Yes, Marquis Mark. Yeah, Marquis Mark. And the, and the, yeah. So Marquis, yeah, Marquis Mark. He's like, okay, I'll yeah, take yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He took that. Yeah. yeah. So that's good for him. He's yeah, trying to bring it back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Gives him an, an, an extra level of uh, uh, believability. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he was Lord of Good Vibrations. <laughs> well, no, that's the, the House of Lords divides up that way. <laughs> so I think Lord then Duke, <laughs> so, then then Marquis. Okay. So. Alright, next episode we will be covering Thelonious Monk, Brilliant Corners. So, bye-bye! bye-bye. bye-bye.